Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, everyone? It's time for another edition of Strictly Business, presented to you exclusively by adfreeshows.com and the Podcast Heat Network. I, of course, am John Alba, joined as I am every single week by the man of the hour, Mr. Eric Bischoff himself, and a very special guest as well. As we talk all things wrestling conventions, Eric and I are joined by Tracy Myers, the owner of WrestleCade this week here on Strictly Business. Gentlemen, how we doing, uh, Eric? You get back safe uh, from WrestleCade this past weekend? I did. It was kind of a whirlwind, brother. First of all, thank you, Tracy, for joining us. I had a wonderful time at your event, which I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about um, on this this episode. But uh, yeah, I got to WrestleCade on Friday, Friday evening. Uh, was at the event all day Saturday, Saturday night. Flew to Tampa. Got up at five o'clock in the morning to sign a bunch of hardcover books that uh, were waiting to go out. Signed those books, was back on a plane, fly back to Minne- flew back to Minneapolis on Sunday and spent another day or two with my brother and sister and then drove home from Minneapolis to Cody, got home late last night, and bam, here we are. It's been a whirlwind. Yet, Tracy, how are you catching up on sleep after a wild WrestleCade weekend? Yeah, so we go into WrestleCade on Wednesday, the team does, and we leave uh, Sunday night around midnight. And then we go back on Monday. I go back on Monday for the post uh, uh, convention center meeting uh, that they they want us to do, and we want to do that with them too. So uh, that's about seven hours of sleep from Wednesday to Sunday. Uh, but this week I'm good. I'm good. That's what we like to hear. Well, we had a lot of fun last week, Eric, talking about celebrity involvement in wrestling. If you haven't caught that yet, you can check it out in the archives right here on the 83 Weeks feed, Strictly Business Now, a show that is available on the public feed as well as early access on adfreeshows.com. But this week, we're talking the business of wrestling conventions because they are big business. And Eric, when I pitched this topic to you, uh, it it was something you were really down with. What is so appealing to you? about wrestling conventions and what intrigues you about the business behind them? Well, it's not so much that I'm intrigued by the business itself, but the reason I was excited to talk to Tracy and talk about this phenomenon that has evolved over the last, 
I don't know. I'm going to call it 10, 12 years. That's it's been on my radar, I guess. Um, it's because I think it's important to the wrestling industry overall. And as you know, this show is called Strictly Business. And I get real excited talking about the business of the wrestling business, even more so than I do talking about matches and finishes and characters and storylines and all that. And that's fun too. But to me personally, what fascinates me is the business of the wrestling business. And, and I think the, the wrestling convention model is, is an important part of the health of the overall wrestling industry. So Tracy, for those who may not be familiar, can you give us a little bit of an overall sense of what WrestleCade is, when it came about and how you got involved with getting things rolled out? Sure. Yep. So this, um, this was our 10th official event. It would have been 11, but we had the COVID year and, uh, we actually started as a, uh, just a, a wrestling show and had a meet and greet before the show. And what we realized is that we had, uh, 2,200 people that came for the meet and greet and about a thousand people stayed for the wrestling show after, which is, is fine as well. But as a business person and a fourth generation entrepreneur in my family, I saw right away and I'd never been to a con of any kind at that point. I'd just been to wrestling shows and this is going to be a, a fundraiser, uh, not unlike hundreds of wrestling shows across the country every year. And I saw right away that the, the business part really needed to be, or the financial part, if we were going to be successful, really needed to be on the, the, the con part, which I didn't even know the name con at the time or convention, what that was short for. So the, the meet and greet part, as far as I'm concerned. So we went the next year, we expanded, uh, for a, for a half a day, what is now called fan fest on Saturday. And we had the wrestling show Saturday night, uh, that expanded to uh, 3000 people year three, we added Friday, uh, year five, we added Sunday, uh, and this past year, fast forwarding ahead, we had more than 8,000 fans there from around the world. Uh, and just to give you an idea of the lay of the land here, we're an hour and a half from a major airport. Uh, so that's a huge challenge for us because, uh, trans isn't that easy when you're looking at an hour and a half away. There's a small airport about 40 minutes away, but there's like three direct flights to go in and out of there. So, uh, it's a three day convention, uh, throughout the years, we, we plugged in panels and Q and a sessions, the fan fest meet and greet sessions. Uh, we have a, a different type of wrestling shows where so our super show is is a traditional uh, super show in the sense where you have uh, have uh, folks who have been on television. This year, we had Impact Wrestling on Friday night, and Sunday is, man, it, it's a mixed bag of everything. We started with the, the uh, Omega panel this Sunday. Uh, we had a, a women's wrestling show and uh, uh, a show by my company. So we finished out a full day on Sunday as well. And it's funny because Friday we had about 1,800 people. Saturday, we had more than 8,000 and we went back down to about 1,500 people on Sunday. Uh, and this is after Thanksgiving, obviously on Thanksgiving weekend. So it's, uh, it's grown to a point now where, uh, we've outgrown the convention center, but, um, yeah, we have to make the decision now if we're going to keep growing, uh, and move it, or we're going to stay here in our hometown where we started the event. And it's only been at this venue, the Benton convention center once. And so that's a decision we have to make. And pretty sure we're going to stay local because uh, it's an important part of this community because this is this is where I live and I have other businesses here as well. Well, I can tell you from, you know, I didn't 
attend any of your events previously uh, in the early years, so I can't compare the experience that I had this past Saturday to previous years. But I can tell you, I've been to a number of conventions, and you guys have clearly, you know, I'm sure there were some, I'm sure you stubbed your toe along the way. You, you can't break into any new business and not stub your toe and fall down and break a bone or two every once in a while. But you, you it was such a well-run event, man. You've, over the years, you have kind of perfected this stuff. I've been to a lot of these events, and I love going to every one of them for different reasons. But yours is like, I don't know, smooth. Let's just say that. One word, smooth. It's a smooth event. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I give, uh, give a lot of credit to the team. Um, but they're, they're, of course I'm, I'm, I'm touching everyone. I shook your hand a couple of times, asked you if you're okay. And that's, that's kind of my job. I'm the facilitator overseer, uh, and the people mover. Um, but everyone else has a designated role. And I think that's really important because now that we're in the con business, I go to a lot of cons, um, and like all industries, I think it's really important that we look outside of our industries and, and bring things in, uh, and, um, I think that's uh, that's missing in most industries. They look in that box that's their industry, and they just try to replicate or duplicate or, or improving on all that's fine. But and there you go to like uh, Comic Con in, in San Diego, which is insane and it's massive, and I can't imagine taking on something of, of that scope. But um, I noticed that there's a lot of things that they were doing that they're not doing at other wrestling conventions, and that's not a slam of the wrestling conventions. That's just me being. Uh, looking at this as a business and an entrepreneur, knowing that some of the the best things I've done in my other businesses have has looked outside of that business and that industry and brought them in. So, looking for a great Mother's Day or Father's Day gift idea? I was, and I found it at Paint Your Life. With Paint Your Life, you'll get a hand painted portrait created to fit almost any budget, and it's a great gift idea for your mother, your father, or both. You see, Paint Your Life transforms your photos into a one of a kind, beautiful hand painted portrait created by professional artists. You upload anything you can imagine. You can even combine photos. You'll pick the artist, the medium. You can even customize the frame. And you can receive your painting in as little as two weeks. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at paintyourlife.com. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer. Just text the word weeks to 87204. That's weeks to 87204. Text weeks to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. Uh, I give, uh, thank you for that, by the way. And like I said, my, my team is, uh, my team is committed. They're dedicated. Uh, and, uh, they, they really work hard over that, the, over those three days to the public and, five days uh, overall for us. Can you give me an example of something that you saw at a con um, that doesn't, didn't exist at, at wrestling conventions that you, you adapted or modified and brought in? Uh, actually, yes. Uh, the, the first thing I saw, I think, uh, let's, let's look at the other way. So the, the first con I went to was a, a pop culture con and they had the, the curtains behind everyone and the little, uh, the pipe and drape and the boxes almost. Uh, and I thought that that closed the room off. Um, it, it made me feel like I lost sense of the community. And that's one of the reasons I was there. So one of the first things that we did when we were planning our convention, uh, floor is, uh, we removed the pipe and drape those little, the, the boxes in the backdrops 
the vendors that were coming in initially, they, they weren't happy unless they had the wall space because they didn't have anything to hang behind them. Mm-hmm. But year two, what we found out is that they actually liked that better because it did open the floor up. It did, uh, improve the sense of com- community. And you guys know this, that, uh, wrestling, if anything else is, is a tight knit community. Um, and I think we need that, um, you know, and, and, uh, people moving, uh, as, as Walt Disney called it, people moving is, is something that seems to be horrible in most cons and we have our struggles. I mean, the room gets congested, but this year we open up two additional rooms because, uh, we, we went to another con and saw where there were other rooms that were open. Uh, and I looked, uh, and I wasn't there to enjoy the con. I was there to look at people and to watch how they move people through those rooms. And I was watching to see how they would facilitate that. Um, but, uh, those, those are the two biggest things. One thing what I did like, and one thing that, that I really did like that I wanted to bring over to, to, to WrestleCade weekend, especially the, the con part. I do agree. And I never really noticed it, you know, uh, the pipe and, and drapes the curtains. Yep. Um, but now as you're explaining that, I'm thinking the last few that I went to and it is, it does make it a little claustrophobic. You know, and people are, you know, you are moving around back there and people are coming back to get their photograph taken and things like that. And when you've got that pipe and drape, it just becomes even, you have less room to work and people inevitably are stepping on those pipes and drapes and stuff Pulling flying down. around. And it's just a pain in the neck. So cats off to you. And I think the other thing from a, you know, a, a, a talent you know point of view is when it's as open as, as yours is. You can see who else is there. So if I'm there to see Diamond Dallas Page, for example, and I'm getting, you know, something signed and, and I look over and there's, you know, somebody else, I can see them. And it just, I don't know, it adds to it, I think. I think that's awesome. It was That was a smart move. And that's one that not too many people would think about, right? You wouldn't notice it. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, and, and I, I created that. Uh, my, my dad was, uh, my dad told me I don't know about business. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're in the, uh, uh, we have uh, real estate business and car dealerships and, you know, we're in the people business and, and ultimately that's what a con is. If, if we're not the people business, we're, we're not doing it right. Um, because you know, we, anyone with, with, with deep pockets or they can borrow some money or get some sponsors together can assemble a list of, uh, wrestlers or, uh, or comic book creators, or you, you go down the list or the con for everything now, it seems like, uh, but we really have to look at uh, how we can make our experience for our customer better and the customers are paying fans. Um, because they can meet that, uh, other than maybe one or two rare guests, uh, you can meet those folks, um, at any con USA, quite frankly, uh, and, and us not being attached to another event like, uh, WrestleMania week, for example, WrestleCon's there. Uh, and, and I've learned a ton from Mike, one of the folks at high spots at WrestleCon, but they've got a built in audience. And God bless them. We don't have that luxury. Uh, we have to cater to our fans and make them as happy as we can, knowing we can't please everyone. Uh, and, you know, one of the first things I learned in business was it don't try to please everyone. But at a con, you almost have to try to please everyone with a wrestling convention because we're trying to appeal to the 70-year-old fan that watched wrestling, you know, when they were 15, 16 years old. And we're trying to appeal to the to the kids because we want kids to bring their uh uh, their mom and dad and their grandparents with them. So we have to have a broad spectrum of talent. Uh, and that's a, that's kind of an art form. I think it's an art form in and of itself, 
So you don't front load the event with people who are just on TV now, because if you do that, or, or we're just off TV, if you do that, you're losing all your, your, your 30 to, to 60 year olds, which is they spend the most money. Kids will go and buy a ticket, but that 30 to, to 55 year old is going to spend the most money at the cop. Tracy, this will sound very obvious and, and understandable for you as the guy putting all of this stuff together. But as a fan, I know when I'm buying a ticket to a convention, I'm just going to show up. There's going to be people there that I want to meet. I'm going to get stuff signed. I'm going to get to see live shows, panels, whatever. And then I can go home. Can you explain to us how the sausage is made? How does that process go from point A to point B where you're acquiring vendors, bringing talent like Eric Bischoff in, and then setting them up on a certain schedule to sign and maybe do a live show or something like that? Sure. So for us, it was a slow growth and it had to be because I wasn't a convention goer and I wasn't in the con business. So not only a new business and that's it. I knew how to move people because we have events, uh, events in our other businesses. But as far as a wrestling convention, uh, we started with that one day, we started with a two hour meet and greet and I saw that's where the business was at. And I realized really, uh, really quickly, um, that I've never met a business where people are more skeptical and have to earn their strengths more than in pro wrestling. Um, at least that was my experience from it. Meaning that, um, when I learned that vendors actually brought guests in, uh, which was new to me altogether, first couple of years, we brought the guests in a uh, year three, we learned that vendors brought the guests in and I'm thinking, man, that's kind of cool. I don't have to pay for the guests, but I also realized that they, we didn't have a reputation built up at that point to be able to ask vendors to bring guests in. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then we realized that there were vendors that we didn't want to deal with. Uh, and that's, that seems to be exclusive to wrestling and maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't know how that works in other, other industries at all. So that was a, that's a different, it's still a different dynamic to me. That's another one of the things that I noticed, Tracy, as long as we're going to keep putting you over for a while, cause you deserve it <laughs> is the, the quality of the, t- the celebrities or the talent, whatever you want to call them that were there a- as well as the vendors, the, the individuals that brought that talent in. I know I worked with a, a just a phenomenal couple of people that were just they did everything they said they were going to do exactly when they said they were going to do it it was it it could not have been any smoother of a process but when i got to wrestlecade and after being there for an hour or two i realized that everybody around me was having a pretty good time not just the fans but the people that showed up there to sign autographs and do meet greets and stuff. every as i looked around me i looked to my left you know and a couple of AEW guys, and they had one of the biggest lines of the day. <clears throat> and I think they're still in the AEW Federal Witness Protection Program. But nonetheless, they're still, they get the best lines, you know, anywhere. And they're having a blast with with their fans. And and everybody down the aisle that where I could see, everybody was having fun. And I think that speaks a lot to the quality of your events and the way you run it too. Cause people that like to have fun and work hard generally don't like to go to, you know, crappy events. Yeah. Look, uh, we all have limited time. Uh, and, uh, I don't want to spend my time with people that I don't like to work with, um, vendors included. Uh, and we have a one strike rule of vendors. Uh, we'll heavily vet our vendor, but if, if, uh, if there's an issue, not uh, mistakes are fine. Everyone's going to make mistakes. Sure. Sure. An organizational problem, but like 
real issues. And and you know what I'm talking about because God knows you you you've done this a lot longer than I have. Um, I've been in the business a lot longer than I have, but um, there there's some uh, there's some unscrupulous folks in in, <laughs> in the industry, right? I've and heard that. I've man, heard yeah, that. And, and and the vendors, I don't know the vendor side. Yeah, look, on the wrestler side too. Let's just call it like it is, right? Uh, and, and we're the same way with with the talent. Um, unless it's just an honest mistake or, or something happened that was out of anyone's control, they're just not coming back to the event. It's just not worth it to me because the van experience gets ruined and the other vendors experience get ruined. Vendors say, look, I don't want to be next to this guy because at the last show this happened, then I've got an issue with vendors and I don't have time for that. No, no one has time for that. So, um, but you know, the, the, the way the sausage is made that if we had to grown slowly, I don't know that we could have planned the three-day event from the beginning because one, we didn't know what the fans wanted. We didn't know what the town would support. And even though we have 60% of our guests actually come in from outside of this area, uh, it's, it's not a large area. We're near Raleigh, Durham, and Charlotte, and we do have a huge crowd from there. But Winston-Salem in and of itself is a fairly small area. We already talked about the airport situation. So we were allowed to actually take a trip during Thanksgiving or to fly in over a holiday, which is never fun anyway. Um, and uh, if we don't have the experience that we we need, the fan needs to have or expects, then they won't come back. Uh, and we're finding that we have more than seventy percent of our fans come back year after year. And then we oh, all that's what I was going to ask you is because it sounds like you 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 keep track of your data, which is great. I love I love that. But, you know, what's the return? Because, you know, I'm thinking as, you know, as talent, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to come to Winston-Salem and everybody that's in this 50-mile radius that wants to see me is going to see me and probably won't come back here for another couple of years till there's, you know, a new crop. But I, I find that that's not necessarily true, that a lot of the conventions I go to, I'll have somebody come up to me and say, oh, show me a picture of when I was with them last year at that same convention. It's like, wow, that's that's and, cool. And, and that, that's kind of odd to me. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't see, I, I like to rest some shows. I like the live events. Uh, the, I'm not an autograph collector. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I think I can separate the business from it than being, uh, you know, j- just a fan, because if I were just a fan, my head would probably get lost in all the melee here. Um, but, uh, and, and look, I listen. My I've got a twenty-year-old son, and we 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 watch wrestling together since he was small, just like I do with my dad. And wrestling fans know that wrestling is generational. We tend to pass that down, and somewhere along the way, for me, it was like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old when I went to college. I stopped watching, and then came back around right before my son was born. And now I'm I'm still watching with my twenty-year-old son. So, uh, and I still hear those stories over and over and over. And I'm bringing my son and we were here last year. This is his first year. Now I'm bringing my, my younger son. And, um, th- this year, for example, a couple guys walked up to me. I remember them immediately because last year they were here from the United Kingdom. And I, I thought it was surprising that they came back because, uh, you, you know, it, it takes planning. It takes a lot of money to get here from the UK. Well, this year they, they came to see, uh, uh Paul White, big show. So, uh, and, and of course, the other festivities, I don't think they're going to fly here for one thing. That's why we try to have different things that appeal to everyone. We have stuff that appeals to the hardcore fan, which are the panels of the Q&A. A lot of people still come for just the, the fan fest portion and to get the autographs and 
if they can't afford the autographs because sometimes they do get expensive. Uh, and, and we watch that, that fluctuate over the years. And right now those tend to be at a premium. Um, and, and I think that's, that's just because of, you know, AEW came into the marketplace and we saw everybody else's prices, especially theirs creep up, uh, or, or explode from the beginning. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just a, it's a strange dynamic that people would come year after year because it's, it's not cheap to attend for the weekend. Uh, well, let me take that back. If you want to come for the weekend, you can come for 99 bucks, but you're not going to get a hotel room. You're not going to eat anything. You're not going to get any autographs. If you just want to walk through the hallways and see the live shows, it's still 99 bucks. So, uh, but their you know, average, uh, average ticket or average customer purchase, uh, they're spending an average of $471 on five oh. person. So th- that's, that's kind of. That's my job to keep track of that. And that's wow. You can do easy math on that with 8,000 8, plus people. Wow. 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 What's the biggest challenge for you right now? When you, when you woke up Tuesday morning after you, you, you did your autopsy, <laughs> uh, I guess what I used to call it <laughs> after an event, I always called it an autopsy. Um, but after you've done yours and then you start thinking about next year, what's the biggest challenge? Um, finding someone next year, the special someone that will, that's not a typical con uh, guest that will bring the people back that were here this year. Uh, because, and we'll just use this year then as an example, this year we had kind of a lot of first time guests and we were really fortunate. Uh, the, 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 the big guest that we got this year, no pun intended with big show, Paul White, he just doesn't do a lot of cons. Uh, I think there's a, a couple of three, maybe. Um, and none in the South. So that, that was, that was, uh, that was a, a good gift for us, but we're already talking about next year. And as we talk about next year, we've had, uh, we've had Sing and Flair and you could, you can go down the list, not saying people won't come back uh, for them. Uh, and if we're looking at data, Sting is by far most requested. Yes. Uh, and it's not even close. And that amazes me year after year. Not that it surprises me, but it just, I don't know. The way the mind works, the psychology of it all amazes me. And I think that's why I enjoy it so much. And I think that's why I'm so good at it because it's about the way people are thinking and it's chess, uh, thinking one move ahead. Uh, and look, at the end of the day, you got to say, I'm paying this person this much money. Here's where I think their, their photo op will bring. How many people can I get through the line in an hour? How much conversation do they actually have? Or is it a step, turn, repeat situation? Um, and if we can back into the number and make that number work, then we we'll start making phone calls. But after 10 years, that becomes more and more difficult because sure. right now, free agents are, there are less free agents that are desirable in the market than, than, uh, shouldn't say desirable. Well, desirable is one word, but who haven't been with us than ever before because sure. we're just doing it for a while. You know, when this thing started, this episode started, and I talked about why I was excited to do this, because I think it's what you do, and and as well as others, is so important to the overall health of the wrestling industry. And and I say that because when I was early on um, in WCW, I think before, before I even got into management, there was a very famous research and business firm, analytical company, their name will probably come to me before the end of this that came into Turner and did a, a, an internal audit on all of the, the Turner properties, CNN, TNT, TBS, every 
operating division of Turner Broadcasting had this deep dive audit. And the intention of the audit, uh, audit was to learn about the individual operator's business and find new ways of growing it and find better ways of managing it, more efficient ways. And in the research that was done for WCW, the question on the table, one of the questions on the table, and I got to be a fly on the wall. Again, this is before I got to be in management. But as a fly on the wall, just because I was interested and I was allowed to sit in on these meetings, um, one of the presentations was that, or the question on the table was, why does wrestling work? It's like everybody thought it was going to die in the 60s, and everybody thought for sure it was going to die off in the 70s. And then when the 80s came along, up, oh, that's going to die. And then, the, you know, it's just every everybody keeps predicting the death of professional wrestling, yet it goes on to become one of the most powerful entertainment genres in all of television and has been since the beginning of television time. So the question was, why? What is it about professional wrestling that makes it endure and grow into what it is today where other forms of entertainment don't necessarily have that same track record. And some of the data that came back in that research, and again, it was done by a third party, not by Turner, was that wrestling has this unique benefit whereby as a wrestling promoter, you can send your celebrities to a local market and they'll perform live and they'll create a relationship in the marketplace that is unique to any other form of entertainment other than probably sports, but that's in a different category. And as the live event business becomes less and less profitable for WWE, I don't even know if AEW is even in it yet, but it's tough. Live events are tough. Um, so there's, there's been less of them over the years. And I think without that ability for that generational wrestling fan, the example that I probably signed autographs for, and I'm not bragging 150 to 200 times this past Saturday was the father bringing their children to come and see. Now what's really weird is they were coming to see me. I'm talking to eight year old kids wearing an NWO shirt and I'm thinking, wait a minute, man, (laughs) you weren't even a dirty thought in your old man's mind back when I was on TV. So how does this happen? But, you know, because of the Peacock platform and all these other things, and wrestling fans, are they're brought up, just like you brought up your, your son. And I brought up mine, kind of. Um, without that live engagement experience that separates wrestling from a sitcom or a drama or anything else, I don't think wrestling would be successful. And I think the more that, that cons like yours, yours, obviously you're a leader in your industry, but others that, that operate well, are important part of the engagement because you get to meet these people you see on TV, which is unique in other forms of entertainment. And the other thing that I wanted to say, and I learned this a few years ago, and I, I kind of talk about it in my, my book that just came out called grateful. You can get it at Amazon, but I learned a couple of years ago and it was a hard lesson. It was probably five years ago. Nobody's coming for my autograph. If I think they're coming to get my autograph, I am so arrogant and full of myself that I can't see what's obvious. There may be a small percentage of people that come to see me. I'm not Ric Flair. I'm not staying. You know what I mean? Those, those autographs are probably in, at some point valuable. And there are people that do collect autographs. But I bet you 90% of the people or more that come to 
to my booth and pay to get an autograph, could they may they'll probably lose that autograph in a week. They come for the experience. Right. They want to look, and I've I learned this. You know, when people come up to me, I look them right in the eye. I never send an autograph while I'm talking to somebody because that's just rude, right? You wouldn't do that to somebody you meet in business or in a restaurant or whatever. Hey, good to meet you. I'm kind of busy doing this right now. So you make eye contact. You make them feel important, whether it's for a minute or two minutes. And I've spent 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes with some people if the situation allows for it. That's what they're there for. And I think as long as people get that experience and talent takes the time, makes eye contact, makes these individuals feel important, they'll come back and see you every year, even though they've already gotten your autograph, because that's really what they want. And, and to build off that, Eric, too, much like how pro wrestling is often about making these big moments and big memories conventions allow for you to do that where you get that picture taken the amount of times I, I was going by a bunch of different booths tracy and it was okay well here's 40 dollars for an autograph but for 60 dollars you get the picture too everyone's like oh 60 100 like i'm gonna go get that picture because that picture is gonna last the test of time like you said eric they might lose that autograph but that picture they'll have for generations uh, how fulfilling for you tracy as a promoter is it seeing those kinds of things built over the years well, of course it's fulfilling. I mean, look, I, I remember when I see a father or son, for example, I always smile. Of course, my son still goes to, to events like this with me when I'm I'm not at WrestleCade. He's he's just on the floor walking around. But we go to events like this. But when I see other fathers and sons or or grandfathers and sons and, and their their grandson or granddaughter, um, you know, I can't help but think of uh, smile and think of my son and uh, and, and those memories and that nostalgia. Uh, are the things that, uh, are some of the things that, that Eric's talking about here. Um, nostalgia sells, uh, it, it always has, it always will. Uh, there, there's, uh, uh that generational, uh, sense of community. And the reason we don't have the pipe and drape around us, we want people to be able to see things like that and make that emotional connection because I, I agree with Eric, you, you need to see people, you need to see their faces. The first thing we see when, when we're baby and we're born is, is right here. And if those curtains are up, you're seeing one at a time. But man, just think about seeing 8,000 at one time. Now that's anxiety level, uh, you know, next level anxiety for some folks, but for the majority is not. And, and I think that's what they want. They want the connection. They want the nostalgia and more than a thousand times, just that Saturday alone and probably a few thousand over the weekend, I heard. Man, when when I was a kid, my grandfather used to see you on television. My father used to talk to you on television. Man, my mom hated you so much. And those are the conversations over here. Uh, and that's when you know you. I'm not doing it right, man. I'm I'm just like I'm just a conduit, right? That that's all I, I do. Uh, but when you hear those conversations, those are the things like Eric said. You you, you need to make those connections or the panels. And the panels are, are, we, we understand that the panels are for that niche audience, right? Yeah. There's 200 people in those, pan, uh, 200 fans in the panels. There's 8,000 on the, the autograph floor. Everybody doesn't want to hear those stories. Uh, and, and, you know, for five years ago, like, how do I get a thousand people in those panels? The answers probably don't, right? In our event anyway, because that's, and, you know, we try to appeal to, to all fans. We know they're a big group of, a core group of fans. They want us to do the, the big meet and greet on Saturday, even though it's meet and greets every day, uh, and the big super show with the, the, the quote dream matches as what I call them internally, 
uh, on Saturday afternoon to Saturday night. Uh, and, you know, past couple of years, I got angry a couple of years ago because I was calling them dream matches out loud. The, ca- the average fan, they don't even know what that means. That's internal talk, right? Um, you have that small niche that that's a dream match and they put it over on Twitter and, you know, all their sources, but most people don't. It's either a great match or it's not. Um, and they don't remember the matches anyway, the majority of the time. They remember how they felt. A good example of that, and the reason I know that is because I went to the first three start dates. I was very fortunate. I don't remember anything about the matches, but I remember the way the Coliseum smelled. Yep. I remember, I remember how loud it was. I remember I would back up, I would, we, we could touch the back wall from our seats because we didn't have a lot of money. We just had the worst seats in the place, right? But it didn't matter because I remember that, that I was yelling, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah. I didn't know they were winning or losing. Just heard people yelling, heard them get excited. I heard them booing. And just, I remember, I get excited to just, you know, I get that feeling just talking about, especially the first arcade, that feeling that I got. But I don't remember the matches. I don't, I don't remember the card. I don't know who won and who lost, but that's irrelevant to the conversation because uh, it, it, it's always about a feeling and a connection. And that's what we try to provide during WrestleCade weekend, all three days. And we know that there's different things that people connect to, but to get the 8,000 plus in there, we have to have the big connector. And then with the small ones, bringing the, the niche fans who spend an insane amount of money and we need that fan, but you can't get 8,000 of that fan, uh, there because they, they really don't exist in, in masses uh, or in my mind, they don't, maybe I'm wrong, but that's, that's kind of the, the, the formula I put together. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. When so th- this event ended for you Sunday night. Actually, it ended Monday after you're done yes. with your audit and, and your meeting with your, with your venue. <clears throat> when do you start planning for next year? Today. Ha! I knew it. I signed the contract today. Wow! Excellent. That's all. Awesome. Anything we can expect to see new yeah. or different for next year that you that you can share with us today? Scoop here on strictly business, Tracy. Yeah. 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 So look. Well, we we've, we've already uh, talked to a couple of the, the we talked about bringing that that person. There there's really only a couple in in the marketplace right now. We haven't signed that agreement yet, but we're really close. Uh, we think it'll be a, a good get if we're able to put that together because the numbers work. Um, but the formula we've got it works uh, for us. That Saturday is the it is the the busiest day. Uh, our pay per view did or our streaming. Uh, uh, show did really good numbers for us this year and and last year. Uh, that's a good profit center, and the replays on those are are insane. So we're going to keep that formula on Saturday the same. The only big changes, and they're not really big changes for for the audience um, or the fans that show up. As a matter of fact, if they see something big that happens, I've probably done it wrong. But I listen to the things like um, this year we tried uh, armbands to the lane. And for some reason that aggravated some of the fans. Part of the reason I did it is because the lanyard break 
Mm-hmm. And we got tired of replacing the lanyards, quite honestly. It wasn't even the, the expense, even though the expense was played into it somewhat because lanyards are insanely uh, expensive right now. And the armbands w- weren't. Um, overall, people hated those those armbands for some reason. I don't know why. So we're going to listen to them. We're probably going to go back to lanyards. Just small things like that. Uh, signage, crowd control. Um, uh, uh, signage is a huge thing at these cons, especially for, for timers. Because first timers, they are blown away. They have, um, uh, and, and look, I've talked to a lot of convention owners and promoters, and sometimes they put blinders on because they assume that all the attendees know how con operates. They know, think the audience knows what to expect and that they'll just ask the person next to them what's going on. And that's not the case. Uh, uh, about 33, 34% of our audience this year, uh, bought tickets for the first time. If we're going by email addresses, which is all we can go by because we run that through the database and scrub them, that's a huge number. Uh, and if we don't have signage up and people, they can answer their questions and here's the way this works and you pay your fee and you go in the door and yes, every celebrity is going to charge you for an autograph or a picture, uh, because a lot of people don't know that we assume that they do, but they don't, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. You probably, you may or may not, depending on who your handlers were there. Uh, at the table, you know, I know they don't want you to be the bad guy. They shouldn't want you to be the, the, the bad guy, quote unquote. Uh, but people probably ask, ask you that, right? Uh, or, or the handler anyway. They, they don't know. Um, we you, have, don't, you, you have no idea of how many autographs I've given and paid for, for people that have come up. And it's usually if, if it's a kid. Yes. If it's a parent with a kid, and sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not. Um, but if, they didn't know and they don't have the bread it's like mm, take it out of my cut yeah, yeah that's right, a, right right it's good because you're not you're not saying no to anybody there's no not a, no no, no. Yeah, yeah and we can control things like that in 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 uh the room not the room you were in right that's up to the, the vendor mm-hmm. uh but the room like for example paul was in paul white um that's a very controlled step and repeat type situation uh so the bad guys up front right they don't have the ticket they don't get in uh, but, uh, it's gotta be different where, where, where you're at in that room, because there's so many people and there's so much movement. Uh, but our formula works. Uh, we, we'll start advertising, uh, paid advertising, not get, dropping something online. Our paid advertising starts January 2nd. Uh, we wow. implemented, yeah, uh, something we implemented several years ago that, um, I learned from another con, uh, and, but they had these, in, uh, these crazy prices, like nine ninety nine with this all-inclusive weekend type deal, kind of an elite, um, con, but they had payment programs. Uh, man, I, uh, look, I'm in, I'm in the car business. I, I have car dealerships, right? So, Where, you, so you're doing a buy here, pay here deal for the con business. Well, what's the payments, right? Um, I like it. Yeah. If, if you buy the ticket on January 2nd, you divide it by the number of months uh, uh, that, that you got left. So buy it January 2nd. And your payments can be cheap, right? You buy three months ahead of time, you got three payments instead of, instead of 11. So you're a smart guy. You are. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but look, you bring in a family of four to a con. And if you get the $99 ticket, it's 400 bucks plus, plus, plus. And, you know, it in today's marketplace, that's a lot for a family. Right. Uh, for a lot of families, uh, especially middle, middle class America, it, it, it's difficult. So, um, yes, it is to bring more patrons in, into the event, but it's also, we want as many people to experience stuff like that as possible. And it's a huge, uh, headache. Uh, and I say that in the nicest, uh, from a business standpoint, it can be a headache because 
if you lose that credit card or the credit card gets shut down or the bank account gets closed, we don't want them to lose their tickets. So we're, we're calling, oh my gosh, the office called in October alone, they, they called over 300 people. Say your cards, you know, you, you get ready to lose your tickets that you made nine payments. We don't want you to do that. And you need to put a new card in the system. So it's a lot of extra work that we would not have to endure. Uh, because we would sell those tickets anyway. We sold out of tickets this past year. So it's uh, just part of what we do. That That's something different we do that I don't know other cons do. You should get an app. Yeah. Uh-oh. There you go. Put an app on the phone. People could buy their ticket, do it right all on their phone. They can pay with their Apple thing or whatever their gimmick like is that. they pay for. Automatically deducted. Boom. There you go. Apps are cheap. You can get them oh. over in India now for bucket of chicken and a six pack of Mountain Dew. I'm making a note of that right now. I like, I like it. Uh, Tracy, the Super Show on Saturday was awesome. There were so many fans there. It was high quality production, standard professional wrestling pay-per-view quality event there. It was an absolute blast to get a chance to call some of it. I love that it was a mix of local fans plus you get the people that travel in and, and care about it. But what blew me away was the caliber of talent that was on the show featuring people who were on AEW every week, on Impact every week. How did you guys as promoters go about fostering those relationships with these major promotions to allow them to have their performers wrestle on your show? Yeah, so that, that's a good question. It wasn't easy in the beginning. Uh, it was uh, it was proven show. We had to prove that we were reputable, that we were going to treat, uh, not only treat the talent well, uh, but treat the uh, promotion with res- respect uh, and uh, treat uh, treat the van uh, with respect too, in uh, in regard to the talent that we're using. But we have fostered a relationship with with Impact and AEW. Uh, we worked directly with, with the folks at AEW uh, and the Impact was there uh, to work with their talent. Uh, do we have to get matches approved? Absolutely. That's part of the program. We're okay with that. Uh, and had to talk about, uh, um, not specifically finishes, but, uh, who was going over things like that. Uh, we're okay with that too, as long as it makes sense. Uh, and, and look, there's a so couple. That's gotta be a challenge every once in a while. Well, <laughs> yeah. There, there were a couple of times where we were going to use talent and we're not going to put those names out there because it's not their fault where it just didn't make sense to have another finish like that, um, the, the non-finish, because we do respect our fans. Uh, and, and, and if you have nine non-finishes, they're going to get mad and they're not coming back next year. They're not going to buy that that pay-per-view next year. So we had to say no uh, to to a couple of matches uh, or a couple of talents that we wanted because it just wouldn't work. Um, and look, for the first time ever, I can say that we've got a a – Kind of a working relationship with WWE, uh, which is uh, is nice uh, because in the past there was no, forget it, it's not happening. Uh, but uh, that was um, uh, we had some folk book before uh, it the in between, right? They were let go and then they weren't, and then they went back, and uh, we almost pulled all those off. Uh, we lost a couple, but we we did keep uh, we did keep one. Uh, who uh, was scheduled to be at the paper that weekend. Uh, and that was, uh, made me feel good. I feel like we got a little, a, a win, uh, finally for once. We tried to foster that relationship. And look, I understand they don't, they don't care. 
they don't care about us. And I can't say that, you know, why would they? Uh, you but, know, you know what though? I, I'm going to, this is, just go back to my, goes back to the point that I made earlier. Hopefully, and there's some smart people in WWE, they recognize that their talent at your venue is good for them too. Right. It's not a one-way street anymore. It's not just that, okay, these guys, you don't know, when to say, let me how they got this event in. They're going to make money if our guys come in. It's good for them too. And the the fewer live events that they have, the more important that relationship will become, I think. We we hope that's the case, and we hope we started that this year. Uh, and I, I truly think that if the uh, one of their big four pay-per-views hadn't and have been that same weekend, because we're the same weekend every, uh, this is the first year our event has fallen on, on their Survivor Series weekend. Uh, I truly think we would have been able to keep uh, the those talents that had been booked uh, because uh, it seemed like there was a, a a real effort made on their part to to make that work until it just couldn't work anymore. Um, and we kind of saw that writing on the wall when those talents had been placed in major storylines. Um, and said, man, this is just not going to work out and totally understand that, but we absolutely, get, yeah, yeah. And we did get to keep one. And that was, I feel like that may have been, been the start. So that's good. Uh, that's good. Uh, AEW is super easy to work with. You do have to go, yeah, there's 15 hoops, but that's okay. Uh, you have to jump through hoops in business anyway. I, I'm good with that. As long as it, the payoff is worth pain versus gain. Right. So I was at, I just game. spent 40, I just spent 45 minutes on a phone track in a package. Yeah, yeah, right. right can't right, do anything right. anymore without jumping through a hoop. Right. And, 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 and I'll be the first to admit it. And John, you met Brian, uh, Brian Hawks is, is my, 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 my partner with WrestleGate. He, he handles the locker rooms and, and I'm, I'm front of house. He's back of house. I handle vendors and the fans and he handles everyone else. And, uh, it, it takes both of us to handle those two dynamics because they're two totally, completely different dynamics. Yeah. I was just blown away by how and I always look at things like this from a consumer standpoint, how big league everything looked. And that's just not something you see all the time at stuff like this. Cause for all intents and purposes, this is an independent wrestling show. Sure. And as you know, there's different variations of how professional does an independent wrestling here. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been to all of them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this, this is a very Eric Bischoff question of mine, Tracy, but you guys paired with the title match network streaming this super show and the archives on the panels how valuable are those archives to you guys in promoting your brand uh, for future events so it um you were involved in the match where it was very important right because uh, hardy and jared had the the match seven years ago the accident happened and a lot of people have said was well, plans so you could have the rematch absolutely not uh jared left hardy open and we we had that footage right and then Jared's here and Hardy's here, and we didn't have that opportunity to bring them back together until this year. So we had that footage, and those archives were uh, that two minute uh, that two minute highlight package. Uh, of course, we have some of the new stuff from the podcast where they're going back and forth. That alone was to me for that one setup because we can't do long term stories. Obviously, we we run that event once a year. So the Super Show, if we can bring a story back around seven years later. Uh, it, it's cool, but we have to keep those fans that have never been and don't know that story. We have to have those archives to show them. Here's the story. Here's why they're wrestling again. And here's why all those things come into play that you're getting ready to see. If we don't, then we've lost a huge, a huge portion of that crowd. 
Uh, and so, yeah, the, it, it's super important. And look, for us, we can go back and say, look, look at these. Uh, this is another cool thing about cons to me. Um, we say, look, go to these cons. And don't always just pay attention to the people that you know. Pay attention to the people that you don't know. Because we've had five years ago, Luchasaurus was with us. Darby Allen was with us. And now people are saying, can you get Luchasaurus and Darby Allen? Well, we can. But you, you know, you're not going to get that $15 autograph that you could have got, <laughs> you know, four and five years ago. Uh, so it, it really is. If you're in tune with pro wrestling, it's really, um, it's really special to say, you know, I've been there every year and I saw all these guys at this show before they became big and famous and got their contract. And, and that number is, is, uh, I can't count the number of people who've been through our show and other cons as well, who, who no one knew. Uh, and when we announced them, we got the, you know, the jerk to say, who, man, they just drives me insane. Every, everyone's got to start somewhere. So you know, let's give them a little respect because they're putting themselves out there. Um, and uh, it makes it special. I mean, look, I, I think these events are special. Going back to what Eric said, I think it's important for, for the wrestling community. And the wrestling community is ultimately what drives the wrestling business. Absolutely. Well said, my friend. I, I think this has been a great conversation about kind of how these conventions all come about and the importance they play. Uh, Eric, is there anything else on your mind here as we wrap up this episode of Strictly Business? No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Tracy, I love hearing the inside of, of, of people's businesses and how they all work and what the challenges are. So thank you very much for, again, your hospitality and professionalism and, and just everything uh, about this past weekend and uh, nothing but the best of luck to you, man. Thank you. Hope to have you back real soon because people can come back and see you. Tracy, there you go. Tracy, where can people find out information about WrestleCade 2023? They would wrestle, wrestle Kate everywhere, wrestlecade.com or at wrestlecade at all the social media accounts. And on their soon to be app. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the note right here. App. I think when you're selling cars, Tracy, you got to promote the heated seats and maybe some WrestleCade tickets as well. I, I like, I like it. I've, I've got to keep those two businesses separate. Okay. Trust me. Yeah, this, <laughs> I have to keep those separate. <laughs> I got you. Well, uh, we appreciate you, Tracy. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone who tuned into this edition of Strictly Business with Eric Bischoff. We'll be back with you right here, same place next week. We'll see you then. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.